You're listening to Coding Blocks, episode 194. I don't know why I would celebrate 194. It's not like really a special number, but it gave me a chance to make that noise for some reason. And everybody loves that noise. It's like, that's their favorite, right? I think. It's uh, one of mine. I'm, <laughs> and I'm definitely timely on that too. Like I, I nailed it. So subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you like to find your podcast apps. Uh, maybe that's Audible. I don't know. Just It's probably not Google Podcasts. Is that still a thing anymore? I think they've killed that this week. Um, yeah, wherever you like to find it, we we hope we're there. You know what's funny is Outlaw's a little bit sick, and, and he's more chatty now than he usually is. So his voice is going to be gone by the end yeah, of this. Done. Yeah, so um, you can visit us at codingblocks.net where you can find our show notes, examples, discussions, and more. You can send your feedback, questions, and rants to comments at codingblocks.net. I like how yeah. Alan calls me out here. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go, Jay-Z, Alan's calling me out. Listen to Alan, though, and tell me, does that sound like Alan? That's the sexy Alan voice. Right? Is, it, is this the California yeah. Alan? No, I don't think this is the California, but this is the one that my wife looks at me. She's all excited about it for a few days, and I'm like, babe, don't don't look at me. I, I really don't feel good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's yeah. just move on with the recording. Joe, did you have something right. you wanted to share? Yeah, I mean, this is so you guys have both have been so chatty. Uh, uh, I've just been over here reading about the number 194. Do you know it has a, a page in the wiki in Wikipedia? Like, why do you, you I mean, Is every number in Wikipedia? This is because uh, every number is in Wiki, literally yeah. every number is in Wikipedia. Yeah, there's someone that right there right now typing in the next number because they're going to be doing it, uh, you know, infinitely. But uh, yeah, and there's like four bullet points even about uh, 194, and there's several references somehow. I'll be doggone. It is the smallest Markov number that is neither a Fibonacci number nor a Pell number, whatever that is. Yeah. That's interesting. And that's why I want, want, want it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, every number that I'm typing in has a Wikipedia page. That's so ridiculous. Maybe, maybe every number. Oh, I found uh, one. Okay. Whew. Okay. <laughs> well, gonna while say. they're going to go through that madness, I'll go ahead and tell you that I, if you haven't already guessed it, I am Michael Outlaw. Uh, I'm Joe. Oh, I didn't finish my intro. We, we can move on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Alan Underwood. We didn't say all the important stuff that Joe has to say, though. No, it's too late. Oh, now. Well, we'll do it again later. We'll never know. Whoa, spoiler! <laughs> right. Hold up, now. Just hold off to the last just thirty drop seconds. Drop that on us. We'll be good. <laughs> Let me just get through these numbers, and then I'll, I'll be with you. That's right. So, outlaw, you got you got some reviews for us. <clears throat> What? Why are you putting me on the spot like that? You know that I don't. It's like right there in the notes. I know that hurts, guys. That hurts, everybody. It was a review. Uh, just for like, you know, some behind the scenes. We've talked about this before, I think. But, you know, like we have a shared, you know, uh, you know, rundown of, of how we do each show. So we can each see like what we're going to discuss, where and like even where somebody else is in that that rundown. So when... Alan decides to call me out on a blank spot of the rundown. He very well knows the answer. I'll have my contacts in and my glasses. Oh, that's what it is. Is that what it is? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can see the rest of the notes fine, but Uh these, these were a little bit blurry. Everything else was fine. That's why you didn't recognize that we passed through uh, Joe's stuff without him saying it. Right. Yeah. That's right. You're like, Hey, whatever. Well, I guess we're all feeling very chatty tonight. (laughs) It's going to be a long one, everybody. Right. Well, I appreciate you listening. Uh, like I said, if you haven't already left us a review. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so All right. So um, <laughs> we, I guess I guess we'll start the show now. Um, 
So we're back in Gitland, and this time we we're talking about the Git index. And if you want to follow along, we'll have a link in the show notes for this exact chapter. In you want to mention this guy's name? Hello. Hello. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna try it again, but I, I do need to like double check his the spelling spelling of it because there was an I before the E. So I'm gonna say it's John Vigley. Look at that! Oh my gosh. I learned how to pronounce a name. Yeah, that's amazing. After like five episodes, that's pretty killer. So this guy, we have, we have a link directly to this particular chapter that we're in and it's a pretty short one, but a pretty important one. And so this is meet the middleman, right? The get index. I do want to, I do want, Hey, b- real quick, real quick though. Uh, just as like a little bit of a, a backtrack to the previous episode, because there was a, some good feedback on that episode related to um, oh, I missed it. Our our discussion on like, well, why you know we were we were like, okay, you can reorder the commits. I'm not sure of an exact reason why you might want to, but um, Will was one of the people that pointed out that like you might want to do that in the event that if you had, you know, a few commits and then later on you had commits that fixed certain other commits. So like, let's say you have ABC, right. And so you've already moved to, to C is now the current and, and you have a commit that would specifically fix B. So in Uh, your commit history, it might be like in by normal, it would just be ABCD, but maybe you want to reorder D to come right after B to fix B. And that's then it a would good, be a, good a B prime C in that point in, in what he was calling out. So, uh, you know, and that's just, there might be other reasons that you have, but uh, I, I did want to, you know, um, you know, give credit where credit was due. We're like, Hey, here's a, here's a, uh, a plausible reason why you might want to do that. Although if I am being fair, I'm still pretty lazy. I don't know that I would do it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, I'm too scared. I'm too scared. Yeah. I, I, even in his comment though, he calls out that like, you know, uh, the GitHub UI just makes it to where it's just like, no, nah, just throw all the commits in and just do it. Squash yeah. them at the end. If you really care, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm good with it. I'm honestly, I'm kind of getting more scared of Git the more I learn about it. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm understanding less. That's, I feel like this is working backwards. Yeah, I was yeah. I was gonna say I think this has had the um, inverse polarized effect on you. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I this, feel like this, I've this, only gotten stronger. Like I can feel the matrix like warping around me now. It's like somebody comes at me with a Git problem. I'm like, oh wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Super flex. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's just the little things. Like I find myself second guessing things I would do all the time. And the other day I did a rebase. I uh, and. It's an interactive and I got a merge conflict before I could even get to my list of items. I'm like, it, so it's like, it's just like little things like that. Suddenly I'm like, wait, I thought, I thought I understood what this was doing now. How on earth would I get a merge conflict on a rebase before I even try to commit the changes? So it's just like weird stuff like that. And even rearranging the commits, um, that's all fine and well. But now I know that each commit, uh, you know, is ultimately ends up associated to, uh, blobs that represent the whole file so the thought of moving one commit before another kind of messes with my mind once once i start thinking about them being changes to the same file you know so like that kind of stuff like scares me more than it used to which is probably good because you know i actually understand a little bit more about what's going on but i'm still not quite fluent and comfortable but you got rid of the tilde 10 right no i still do that why not oh good god (laughs) like that one seems fine to me 
the, the I like that. I see I like to see my commits within the, you know, I tried doing you know from like let me just rebase I to uh, you know dev or main but then it only shows you the changes that are in your your local commit and you lose the context of where this change happened with like other stuff so like I, the history isn't mixed if you've done a pool so you I still like the tilde 10 you know uh, one thing that I just realized that I'd said was with that uh, ABCD example and then I ended it with like it would be a B prime C that would imply that when you did the rebase later, you did a squash of B and D into B prime mm-hmm. in order. So it wasn't just a reorder, I guess, in that scenario, you reordered them in the file and then you pit, you selected squash as the function in what I described. Yeah. It, um, it's, I, I, it's deep. I'm definitely not having uh Joe's thing though with it. Like I'm, I'm actually like, you know, enjoying this cause I do feel like I'm getting like, you know, a better a better grasp of things, you know. I I concur. I I wouldn't say that I've gone off doing crazy stuff, but I do at least now I can almost see what's happening right mentally. I can draw I can draw a map of of what's happening at any given time, and hopefully this particular section will will further that. So let's jump in here. So the index when we're talking about the get index, it refers to the set of blobs and trees when running a get add. This is also what is referred to in even the Git stuff as when you stage your files, right? So if you make a bunch of changes on your system and then you do a Git add and you add files, that's adding it to the index and you're staging those files ready to be committed. They're not committed yet. They're in this index. Um, and, and they call it out here. They say the trees and the blobs are not a part of the repository yet, right? Well, it's not that they're they're, they aren't bound to it, but like, I, don't know. I think the wording should be careful there though, right? Because the blob yeah, the is in your local, your local repository, like in your local Git directory. It's just that if you did nothing else, it could age out and yeah, get cleaned up. It's yeah. not linked up, right? Not, yeah. So not, your, blo- your blobs in your Git metadata stuff, right? But it hasn't been stored to a commit that is now a part of your history. Yeah, you see it in the objects directory. You'll like you'll see a file show up, but it doesn't have the commit, so it just literally has the file. You know, like assuming that's your, you know, it's well, it's a change. Yeah, so it's going to be a file there, no matter what, whether it's a change or an add. It'll be a, a new addition showing up. Yep. Yeah, and 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 I guess like also to that end too is that it would only be local in that part. So like in a clone that Alan might have, he wouldn't see that blob yet because I haven't committed it and pushed it and the server definitely wouldn't have it either because I haven't committed and pushed it. So that's why I want to be kind of like, you know, put like a little bit of an asterisk on that. Like it, it is in your local repo as a blob, but it, it's not, uh, they, in the di- in the book, they refer to it as getting it. These will soon get bound into a tree for the purpose of committing. So the, here's the important part to sort of drive that point home is if you were to unstage the changes using a reset at this point, again, nothing has been committed to your repository yet. So if you were to reset these files that are in your stage, you'd now have an orphaned blob because there's there's nothing at all linking to it anymore, right? It just It's just hanging out there. So assuming that you don't re-add it to the index and then commit it, that thing will age out eventually because it, it has no linkage to anything at all inside Git's repository. Yep. And uh, so just to kind of like give, walk through a simple example, you start with a, a empty directory, you create a file, you add uh, 
you add that file, then it show. Oh, I forgot to get in it. Then it's going to show up as one single file that represents the blob. And it's not until you commit it that it also goes and creates a tr- uh, tree for that uh, blob and then links a, a commit. So by the time you add one single file, you end up, once it's committed, with three files in that uh, objects folder. Yeah, but I think Alan's point here, though, is that uh, in your um, your index, it had a list of the, the blob IDs, if I recall, right? Uh, let me go back and look at an example. But I thought... Um, yeah. So it, it, yeah, it, the, it knew like what it. was going to be like quote staged. Um, and, and so that it, if you unstaged it, then it was no longer in the index. So literally nothing is pointing to it. So that's where it would get garbage collected, which is kind of the point that I was making a minute ago. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you just left it in your, in your index, then at least something is still pointing to that blob. So it wouldn't, but I mean, I don't know why you, you, there's reasons why you would keep a blob around for 90 days. Cause you like forgot about that repo, I guess. Right. Yeah, uh, you and didn't went on and did something on. else in it. Yeah. Right. Right. You didn't do anything in your working directory during that time. Um, so the index is truly a staging area for your next commit. That's really what it is. And, and basically what they say is, and it's kind of interesting. I mean, I've thought about this several times as I went throughout this, but you know, kind of what's the point. And then they say, it allows you to build up your next commit in stages. And this is true. And you'll find that this happens a lot of times. So I'll give you an example and it's not in the, in the text here. Let's say that, that you go in and, and you start on a get repo that somebody already has, right? Like I pulled down one of these two guys here and I pulled down one of the repos and I start doing some work. I can make changes to a file and then I can say, get, add that file. And it's now in the staged index, right? If I do a git diff on that file at that point, it won't come back and show me any differences because it's been staged for a change. If I go make another change to that file after I already added it to the index, it'll show up as modified now. And I can do a git add that file back to get those changes back into the staged index. So it does, when they say that allows you to build it up in stages, it's because you can add that same file multiple times back to that index so that it starts tracking those new changes that you did. Yeah, totally. Which is, I always thought it was funny. Like when I saw that in VS code, the first time where I noticed I had something added, but then I saw changes below it. It almost like seemed like an error, but it makes sense when you think a little bit more about it. Yep. I will say though, it's uh, it does allow you to build up your stages, your commits and stages, and it lets you uh, do all these nice things and kind of take your time on the range with how you should have it. But it also forces you to do that. So sometimes uh, even like the, the first time I learned Git instantly, I was like, why do we have to do this ad thing if I'm just going to commit almost every time that I want to do this? I just do it at the same time. Like it's so it's kind of a weird thing. So I, even though I like the feature and I'm glad it's there, it does seem like an odd default to me. Yeah, it's funny because that's that's exactly what I was saying at the beginning is like I, I was kind of wondering, like, well, why do I need that? But yeah. but it is kind of nice, right? Like the, I have definitely found that there are times that it's like, you know what? I don't want to commit this one right now. Let me unstage this one file and keep it hanging around. I'll commit the other things. And then right after I commit the other stuff, I might re-add it back to the stage and and be ready for doing my next commit because it was two like discrete changes, right? And I and I wanted them to be separate. So now what's interesting is they talk about the fact that 
um, this whole building things up in stages is something that is familiar to people that are that use darks. Nev- you, I've heard of it, but I never never used it. Not anywhere close. I'd never heard of it. And darks is D A R C S. You can go to darks.net and it's another um, version control system that is all about this doing things in stages. Um, so, but I was curious, I was off in the background, like, Hey, is there a way to, uh, your, your get diff thing made me question because I have, <clears throat> I found myself in the same situation where I've already staged a file. And then I'm like, Oh, but man, I really wanted to see like, what was the difference in that? Did I want to go back? So like, I'll get reset it and then do a get diff on it to see like, is I, did I really mean for all of these things and everything? And, and your call out just a minute, I made me think like, there's gotta be a way where I can't do that. Like, yeah. but, but, and now like we're armed with so much new information, like what might that be? Right. It's a get index thing. There's a couple ways. So, and, uh, you could do a get diff head, for example. Okay. And it would show you like of all your current files, which I, I guess in the example I have, I only have one. Um, so I'd have to look up like the exact syntax and call out the other, the other file. But uh, you could also do git diff cached, um, or there's also a staged. So you get diff dash dash staged. Well, and either way, in those sense. cases, because I, I maybe because I only have the one file, it's a little bit easier. Um, now I'm curious to see like what would be this this way to call it out as a single file, and that's going to be my tip of the week. I would imagine that git <laughs> git diff dash dash staged, and then the file path itself would probably do it right. That'd Might be my be guess. enough. Yeah, it looks like it for staged. It works that way, and cool. if I do cached, it works that way. But the if I do head, think is that going to work the same? It did too. So in either way, if I just like added the file name after, so either get diff head and then the file name, or get diff dash dash staged in the file name, or get diff dash dash cached in the file name. Either all three of those worked. This I got the same output. So. It's just a curiosity. Excellent. All right. What we got up next? Let's see. So yeah, the darks thing, it was just interesting. They called it out. Um, I mean, I don't know that there's anything special to jump in there. Uh, just neat. Never heard of it though. Yeah, I hadn't either. Uh, that makes me feel better. Uh, so the, the next one that they talk about is you can almost ignore the index completely by doing a git commit dash a, which I, I think, I think that outlaw has actually said this in the past, like never do that. And and I tend to agree, like get commit dash a basically just says, Hey, take everything that you've got there, stage it and then commit it at the same time. Right. Well, that's not what he says not to do. He says not to do it because you should do get add capital a, because that will add new files to the repository. <laughs> well, that you may have accidentally uh, created in there without realizing it. He's just outlaw, his mouth like, a little very, very thorough. This is the this is the reason why you should never let other people speak for you. <laughs> no, I mean I wouldn't do either. The, like you definitely can, right? You could be lazy about it and just do like a commit all, you know, or with the capital A for all. Either way, like it's definitely a possibility. And if you're working in like maybe you know a uh, a small project in your you know evening hours, like this is your side hustle or whatever, you know maybe you're willing to do that. But at least for me in like a, you get into like large team environments. I specifically don't like to do that because I like to see 
what I'm committing. Uh, and in fact, there's like, you know, we're going to get to it here in a minute, but I'm pretty sure I've described this other thing coming up as a tip of the week in the past. In fact, I'll find that. But, um, I, I, I am very particular about, uh, just taking a minute to like review what I'm about to commit, like or stage. Is that what I wanted to stage? And if it is, then I'll commit it and push it. And then even after the fact, I go back and look at my pull request and, you know, just triple check only because like, what's that like thing, you know, like, you know, fool me once shame on me kind of thing. Like, you know, you Mm -hmm. get burnt one time, you know, and to where like it matters in like your day life, you know, your day job. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to get burnt like that again. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make sure like, you know, I guarantee you the the person who's listening that has deleted the production database is like, yeah, I hear you. Right. Right. You know? And so, yeah. Yeah. So to be fair, this get commit a, again, it skips a step, right? Like it's basically saying, Hey, stage everything for me and commit it at the same time. The way that the outlaw does it. And I'd assume I do it. And I also, or that I know that I do. And I assume that Jay Z is I'll do a get add dash a, then I'll do a get status to look at it and see, Hey, did it add the files that I thought were going to be there? And then after that happens, then I'll do a get commit. So, so my ad is my first thing. Then I check it just to make sure. And then I do the commit. So um, that's I, I, the safe way. I do not do the get add a. Well, you don't do the a, yeah. You never use the a, um, you'll, you'll add individual stuff. Um, I'll yeah, do the get add. Yeah. I, I yeah. absolutely do the a, yeah. but, uh, but I also, uh, I absolutely use VS code 90% of the time now. It's so easy. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, so the next thing that they go on is they're talking about probably a source control system that a lot of us were familiar with before Git is subversion. And I think that CVS was, was it, it was CVS, right? That was the name of it. Yeah. The, the drugstore version. Yeah. <laughs> they, a little fish logo. Yeah. They also, I believe did the same way is in subversion, they would always compare the changes on your file system in your working tree with the latest head. So there was no staging area, right? It was just, Hey, what changes have you made since the last, the last commit? And that's what it looked at. Whereas in Git, it gives you this, this intermediate thing, the index to where it's always comparing the changes in your working tree to the index. So it's almost like it gives you this convenient undo place, right? More or less. And, and they even say it, right? This allows you to make additional changes before executing your commit. Now I did, man, I found this article that was really good and I had to include it in here because they don't talk about it here. I, I got to ask you guys, have either of you ever done get add dash dash patch? No. Boom. Um, of course this you is have. The one that I was talking about and it was my tip of the week in episode 22. Oh, that's going back a minute. All right. Yeah, I had to look up how it worked. I've definitely never done it. Right, I use a- this so much, and I okay. love it. What about get add dash dash interactive? So I was actually trying, like, I'm curious. Like, I want to go back and do this in, like, a, a legit thing, because I'm curious to, to know, like, what it does. I mean, I suppose in the background here, I could I could put one together. Um, cause I'm trying to understand the difference. I, I would, if I had to guess, I would assume that interactive is just going to be like, do you want this file? Yes. No. Do you want that file? Yes. No. Whereas patch is going through the contents of the file. 
that's very close. The the interactive works more on the entire um change set whereas the patch is at your individual file thing. So uh, to be completely honest, I've never done either one of these because anytime I heard patch it made me think of the old systems and I was like, oh, I'm not doing a patch, I'm using git. So yeah. so I never went that route, but this is actually really cool. So I'll let Outlaw he he uses it a lot, so I'll let him talk about it. So this goes back to the the days of where like for like the kernel development for, for example where patches would be emailed in and you know you wanted to you know, just maybe take selectively review some things is like kind of how I understand some of the history I could be wrong on some of that but you know I'm probably wrong on a lot of things uh, <laughs> but at any rate he, here's what I was referring to a minute ago where like I, the reason why I like this is let's say I have a change set that I'm working on and sometimes you might put in like some to-do comments like hey I, you know I'm still like piecing this thing together uh, you know what did I, uh, but you know, I want to take advantage of that, that index, right. And how it's already going to like create blobs for me. So it's already kind of like saving history for me, you know, even though I haven't maybe committed anything yet. <clears throat> and so I will at various stages, like Joe will just blindly commit everything. We've learned this already. Like if every 15 minutes, Joe's already made a hundred new commits. <laughs> yeah. All beautiful. It's all a hundred new commits. And then he goes upstairs and he makes a hundred more in 15 minutes and then comes back downstairs. And, and that's fine. I, I just abused the index. So like I'll do a git diff of the file and be like, yep, that, that I definitely do want that, that file. Uh, you know, and if I want all of it, Hey, get add the file. But if I see like, Oh no, I didn't mean to commit that. Or maybe that's a, a work in progress or that's just some debug stuff or whatever. Then that's where I'll use a git patch or a git add dash P I, I usually abbreviate it to dash P, but you could do a git dash dash patch and then the file name. And what Git will do is it will interactively walk you through this session where it'll show you all the changes you've made to the file. And it'd be like, do you want to stage this honk of code? Yes or no. And, and that's what it refers to them as, is in hunks of code, not chunks of code. But, um, and, and you can even like say split that out. And it and it'll like take a guess and be like, hey, do you want to do this? And you know, eventually you'll get to, to a point where you can't split it anymore. And sometimes when it does make that decision, it's still not like granular enough for you. You're like, oh man, it's like you're trying to combine these two lines that I didn't want. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of different options that it, that it'll give to you. But the the normal ones that I usually go with are like, yes, do it, or no, don't do it or uh, split it out. But there's also like other option, like you can say, hey, accept everything from this point forward, right? Um, and then I don't remember the other ones off the top of my head, but uh, that, that's how D, I use it. And then what you what you end up with, oh, don't stage from here from the rest don't of the Don't stage from here forward. Yeah, and then there's a manually edit. So that one where you're talking about it didn't split it down oh, far right. enough. Yes. You can manually edit it and go in and make the, whatever change you want, right? Yeah. And the, and the key is that like you're like, Outlaw, if you use this so much, why don't you remember? It's because you don't have to. Because like when you're going through the command line and you're doing this, like it'll literally bring this up in the, in the window and, and like, it'll give you your options at each individual stage. What do you want to do? And it'll tell you your, your legend of different letters that you could type and what they mean. And at the end, what you get is let's say that you, there were some things that you decided were like work in progress that you weren't ready to stage yet, or maybe, cause maybe you want to ultimately commit the other portion and, 
and push it up and share that history because maybe like Alan and I are iterating on something and I'm like, Hey, I've, I've already fixed that bug that you're running into. Let me go ahead and push that change up for you. Right. And so I want to, I want to push that change up, but I, I don't want to give him the rest of my stuff cause it's, it's work in progress and it'll create problems for him. So at the end, what happens is you get the pieces that you've said yes to, to stage, they get reflected in your index and the rest become unstaged uh, changes, just like the unstaged changes that you were, you know, likely already familiar with, right? So now you see this file show up in two places. And if you do the git commit and not the dash a, and this is why getting out of the habit of using that is important, right? Then you're only staging the thing that you have, you're only, let me rephrase that. You're only committing the thing that you already staged, which are the changes that you have already like carefully reviewed and said, yep, that's the thing I meant to do. And then when you push that up and Alan's like, so thankful for your fix, because now he's not burdened with like all the other crap that you're still like work in progress on. Yep. So, so to take it a step further, what he was talking about with a git add dash dash patch and then a file that allows you to step through the, the individual changes in the file. Right. And like he said, it's almost like this wizard that it takes you through. Like, Hey, here's the first change. Do you want it? Yes or no. Do you want to manually edit it? Whatever. Awesome. Right. Get add interactive lets you do it on the entire repository if you choose, or you can do it on a subset of files, whatever. But if you were to say get add dash dash interactive, um, then it'll go through and say, all right, this file, do you want to patch it, update, revert, um, add untracked, quit, diff it, whatever? Like it gives you that option for each file. And then you can choose to go into it. And let's say that you choose to do a patch on it. Then you'll go through that same thing with the get add patch. So this allows you to do it more on your entire change set of files and then pick and choose what you want to do as you go. So again, I'd never even considered using this particular option or even the patch, but I might now because I can totally think of files where I was like, you know what? I didn't really want all that debug code in there. Let me patch this and just strip out that debug. I do it. So like, here's, here's, here's an example. There might be a file, like a configuration type of file. And maybe you have specifically changed the connection string for your purpose, your debug purposes or local purposes, whatever it is, but that's not something you want committed. Right. For example. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, that might be a reason why you do, I I use this, I use get out a lot. I I, super fan. Oh, the the patch of the dash dash patch option. Yeah. I think I'll be doing this here in the near future. And then, Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, since Joe is such a fan of visual studio code for these, I haven't tried it in Visual Studio Code, so maybe, uh, you know, your mileage may vary. Maybe you could tell me. I have seen how Visual Studio Code uses the rebase interactive, uh, you know, terminal, terminal UI, how it mm-hmm. does that, where it's like it gives you like a drop down for, really nice. for the thing. So yeah. I'm not sure, like, does, does the patch, or am I the only one that uses the patch option for the ad? So I've never done the patch, but I have seen that drop down. Like if you do uh, like uh, get pull dash dash rebase and then interactive equals interactive, it does exactly what outlaw says. It'll pop it up in visual studio code and give you drop downs. Like, Hey, what do you want to do with this? Do you want to squash it? Do you want to wait a you minute? Know, I think we just heard a tip of the week there. 
You can do rebase equals interactive. I've only ever done rebase equals true. Hold on. Yeah, there's my an interactive. Own, it's been yeah. so long since I've even like I did it we today. talked about this a couple episodes ago. Like, you know, you you get into a habit of like this is how I use the yep. command and then you never go back to it. Yeah, it's in there. Um I did it today. <laughs> Yeah, I've kind of experimented with patch a little bit, mostly in UIs, but uh, I, I don't know. It's oh. I like to have my stuff cleaned up before I commit it, and uh, you know, I, 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 all your arguments are valid, just not my thing. Yeah, I I usually do what you're saying, Jay Z, is I will go back through and rip out my debug code. But how nice would it be to say, hey, do the patch, and then I can just go through it and make sure before it adds that I did clean it all up. Right? It's almost like an interactive PR for your one file change. Yeah, yeah, just because we never like committing about something, <laughs> you're committing something that you haven't tested. You know, it's, right? Know. Right. Oh, that's but true the, too. <laughs> but the, hey, but, but if hey, hey, here's the thing though, or Jay Z. So you're saying that if you were to make changes in that patch, you, you're making changes to something that you maybe haven't compiled or whatever. That's fine because right after you do it, you can run your compiler, and if it fails, then you can just do a git commit dash dash amend and and you're good you're right back to to it looks like it all happened at the same time anyway yeah but in the examples that i gave though like you you didn't want that you don't want that connection string permanently changed right right but he's saying that you're now committing something that you haven't necessarily compiled right and i agree with that i do so you can always go back. That's what I'm arguing though. Like depending on what your change might be, that, that might be yeah, true. Depends. That might not yeah, yeah, be true. It's true. You know, that it's might true. not matter. Like, you know, if it's configured, it may not matter, but you're, it, that's also assuming that you did it right. And you didn't actually miss something. You didn't leave something out that you meant. To. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Mr. Don't Mr. Shade at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, it's, it's I got this world. right. I got like, this right. You would test after you commit even, you know, and then right yeah totally so and you wouldn't have these changes kind of outstanding you're like well this one doesn't count it doesn't affect anything i'm sure you know I've, how many times have you seen something that breaks in the person oh, that they didn't think that it mattered no doubt i mean it's happened to other people i'm sure I still, yeah, not, I'm, me, I'm, not me <laughs> right not me i'm still like just giddy for like oh i can't i'm armed with this new knowledge of git pull rebase equals interactive and i can't wait to try it outlaw's not gonna sleep tonight oh so, all right, and then the one last thing that they threw out here that is interesting for anybody that's using Emacs, they actually have a plugin called Gitsome, and this was in in John Weigley's, you know, in, in that chapter. There's this link to it, so I'm guessing he's an Emacs fan. Um, but Wait, you said got, Weigley. I, I said Weigley. Yeah, it, it could be Weigley, Weigley or Weigley, as long as you say E and not I. It's not Weigley. It's not Vagley. It's Vigley or Weigley. Oh, I'm um, so confused. Um, <laughs> so so if you use Emacs, then they have this nice little plug-in type thing for it that um, allows you to do these interactive things a little bit nicer. So, Did you look at it, by the way? Nah. I, I, man, I haven't used Emacs in, I don't know. Yeah, so I was kind of curious about it. I was just like, oh, let me see what it looks like. It's actually really short. Uh, and then e- Emacs, I don't know what language is it. It looked like Lisp to me, what I saw um, but yeah, it's it's just a single file. It's not you know. It's let's see, it's two hundred lines repo. long. Oh, you mean did I look at the actual repo? Yeah, there's yeah, the actual plugin. Yeah, just the two hundred yeah. line. It was just pretty cool. And half that file is like defining the flags and stuff. It's just yeah. a nice little elegant program that does what it's supposed to. Yeah, it's it's very simple. Uh, but uh, no, I didn't try it out in Emacs. Is what I was getting. Oh yeah, no, no. Yeah. The yeah. problem is, is if you go and Google get some, it's not going to be helpful yeah so you're like hey G-I-T. maybe somebody has some yeah. some screenshots of this thing and it turns yeah. out like 
It's going to be hard yeah. to find. That's why I was late tonight. I was down a uh, Urban Dictionary rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. So G-I-T-S-U-M um, for those following along without the link. That's what I was talking about. That's still not helpful. You need to go. You need to know the specific GitHub URL to yeah, it. you do. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the resources. You're not going to be able to Google it. What? Codingblocks.net slash episode 194. You can find everything you need. Or... Or in your podcast player, you can just swipe over on there and look at the notes, right? They're, they're in there. Uh, all right. While you're there, <laughs> you uh, could hook us up with a review. Oh. We would really love that. We even got a, re- uh, a website set up uh, called codingblocks.net. We've got uh, social links at the top of the page. And we have a, a URL set up at slash review. So we go to codingblocks.net slash review. We put uh, all these helpful links there to try and make it easy for you if you don't know where to go. Uh, we'll, we'll help you out with that. Uh, if you do know where to go, even better. Uh, go ahead and drop that five-star review. Look at that. And we would uh, really love that and appreciate it. That's how podcasts, uh, that's what makes them uh, you know, grow and feed and, I don't know, be loved. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I was but, so uh, worried. I'm sure we're on the same page. <laughs> Let's just end. So. We're on a high note. Let's end it there. Like you did so good, Joe. I'm so proud of you. You've grown. You've five star a, reviews. You've come a long way and you've grown a lot and it's showing, you know. Outlaw did took it. his glasses it. off. He removed his headphones. He's like, oh no. Yeah. That, is, that, is, that is the beauty of iterative programming right there. Like Joe just, you know, grew a little bit. You know, it took a while. We got there. We got we there. Did. We made enough commits that we got there. We did. All right. Well, let's get into uh, my favorite portion of the show. Survey says. Bad reviews uh, are fine, too. Or, oh, God. <laughs> no, Sorry. I thought I was done. I thought I made it. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, episode 194, Jay-Z, according to Tuttuco's trademark rules of engagement, you are up first. Okay, so, I got to know about these animals. Animals, animals, animals. All right. Let's try this. Here you go. Question is, do cats and dogs dot, dot, dot. Either fight or hate each other. I'm going to go with fight. Do cats and dogs fight? You know what? I haven't entered this. I haven't found out yet, but I got to tell you, Alan, I, I, it's going to be hard to beat. That one's going to be hard to beat. Oh my, it's not on the list. What no. a chance for a steal! Wow. No. Do no cats way. and dogs. Oh, man. I do cats and dogs. Wait, you're cheating. I hear you typing. I no, no, I'm, I'm clicking my... I'm clicking no, my, I was talking to Joe. I see him cheating in the Oh, background. yeah, I'm cheating. Yeah, he's cheating. Do cats and dogs... Um, it's on my list. Cats and dogs. No, it's not. Can they survive outside? I don't know. Do cats and dogs, can they? You're going to like change the question? <laughs> oh, yeah, that ain't going to work. Is it? Do cats and dogs like each other? There we go. I'm going to take the inverse. Like each other. That is them. Yeah. Oh, my. I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah. Alan just but- stole it with, well. Uh, That's pretty close, right? Whatever it is. Actually, I, I realize now my mistake. <laughs> what did you do? It it caught on the each other part. Ah, it's the it it's it. Uh, it gave you credit for do they understand each other because of the each other? 
What? The, I do not have that on my list. I want to hear your list because mine is definitely different. Okay. Well, I'm going to click the button right now and we're going to see what is next. Now, oh, this is, had I known these, I would have given Joe maybe credit or Alan credit. One of you would have definitely gotten credit for this since you did the inverse. Number one answer. Do dogs and cats get along? Yes, that's mine. I win. That's number one. Yep. Number two, do they understand each other? Number three, I'm going to skip. Well, okay. Now that yeah. we haven't skipped it, way to unskip it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> my, yeah. my number five is have belly buttons. The, yeah, the I, I, number four is, do they have a common ancestor? Six, do they see color? Uh, what number am I on? Can I count to seven? No, I am on six. Uh, so I guess I meant to say number five was see color. So number six, go to heaven. Uh, number seven, mate. My number eight is have a have belly buttons. Did you have one that says, do they get COVID? No, but <laughs> my number nine is do do cats and dogs dream, which I can tell you mine definitely does. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, do cats and dogs belong to the same species? Why or why not? Why would you even ask that question? That would make no sense. So yeah, I, I have a couple different, the get COVID was interested. Um, do they sweat? And then yes, do they, they have do. the same fleas? That's an interesting one. I didn't know there were varieties of fleas. I'd imagine they're all the same. But yeah. Yeah. I th- I I didn't know that either. Hey Jay Z, um, I won. Yeah. Mine my yeah. dog well, so Alan has ten ten thousand points on the board right now. So Joe, That's you right. still got a chance to tie him. Ah, um right. but uh like my dog, I don't know about yours, but like he definitely dreams he'll there'll be times where like you'll just see his little paws he's just running you know that's so good and he'll he'll like bark at something you know and you're like oh having a little dream but you know the sweating one too though like you know they go outside and run and play and then they come back inside and want to curl up with you and you're like whoa 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 buddy sure yeah. no you're, you're a little moist <laughs> what their, their paws sweat but like their fur doesn't sweat you don't smell it Oh yeah, it smells a little weird. That's I what I'm that saying. Like, like they got some little BO was, going on from the sweat. I didn't know that was sweat. I thought it was like I don't know vitamin E or something, uh, chemical reaction. I don't know. It's interesting. The vitamin bit. E. Yeah. Do we even have vitamins that go up that high in the alphabet? No, they stop at D. True. My Google's not your Google, apparently. <laughs> All right, so uh, Joe, this is your chance. Oh no, Alan. This is your chance to stay on top of the board. Let's do the question of the day. Oh, right. Question of the day. Yeah. All right. I feel like we already did this one. Didn't we already, this, the question of the day is movies about, I could have sworn we already did that one. Hmm. All right. Let's do, I'm feeling lucky then. All right. I'm feeling lucky then. Oh man, this one could get weird. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <clears throat> How to hold in. Ooh, I know this one. A fart. <laughs> Whoa. See? Alan. Alan. <laughs> Can you say that on that This on is podcast? a children's show. Why, uh, Alan? Uh, a toot. I don't know if you say that. <laughs> a toot. Oh, God. I'm going to say the right? original one. I think it's right. 
Oh my god. Do I win? Do I win? <laughs> Joe? Wow. Things are not looking good for you, friend. Yeah. Because you got zero points on the last one, and now Alan just got another 6,000 points. So Alan is at 16,000 points. That's right. I don't know why we didn't just start at at zero and Alan has 16 points. But, you know, this is like uh, whose line is in any way where the points are given out and they really don't matter. Uh, You know, I'm too busy looking up how many vitamins there actually are. There's quite a few, by the way. Uh, But, uh, you know, um, I mean, uh, I guess. I can't believe you didn't trust me. It's either a burp or a hiccup is the only one that even has a slight chance. So uh, burp is a really good one. Burp is a really good one. That's not what I was thinking in. I was thinking of. Oh, burp is not there. I am going to check hiccup just out of curiosity. It's the world that's crazy, not me. Hiccup is also not there. Let's see see if my guess. Not right. My guess was the number two. What was it? Uh, it. Well, I said it was the number two answer, but it was actually the number one. (laughs) Like you know, Uh, you gotta go number one. <laughs> yeah, dude, mine are mine are way different. <laughs> yours don't count, Joe. Wow. Stop telling me about yours. Listen, you want to run a game show, you run a game show. Well, I, what, this what is my favorite using? part of the show. This is it. Welcome to Jay Z's favorite part of the show. Because you know what, Jay Z doesn't have a favorite part of the show, so we don't do that. Well, what if you want to know how to uh, hold in five guys, fall guys, whatever fall, that is, fall guys? yeah. Or what if you want to hold in tears? All I could say is, uh, well, tears was the number eight answer on my list. Number The number one answer was about holding in number two. The number two answer was about holding in number one. Yep. <laughs> the number four answer was about holding in number two. Number six answer was about holding, no, wait. Yeah, no. Number six answer was about holding in a different version of number two. Number the ninth answer was about how to hold in number two while you're in the car, and <laughs> the tenth answer was about how to hold in number one. That was answer number two for a long time. You know what? So so while I yeah. threw it out there with with some pizzazz, nobody could be bad at me for knowing what Google was going to say about this. Yeah, right? like you know what I'm saying. Like that was that was totally legit. <laughs> <laughs> but yours was related to number two. It was. Yeah, it was the number true. one answer. This is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah. The other, the other ones were how to hold in a cough, how to hold in a sneeze, and we already said tears. Ooh, a sneeze. So, that's, yeah. that's an aneurysm, right? Like you do that to me. <laughs> you die, die, yeah. Yeah, you have a stroke. Yeah. That's you, the point. <laughs> you, you pop a blood vessel in your, in your brain and you die, and it was like, well... Hey, hey, it's better than insider, him sneezing. Yeah, little insider information. My wife is terrified. That's how I'm going to go because I stifle sneezes all the time. And so I'll do it. Then I'll be like, uh, I'll just start shaking. <laughs> and she's like, don't like, do that. You look like you're off your medication or something. Like <laughs> yeah. you're about to invent six minute abs. Yep, you got it. <laughs> she does not like it, man. You got to do that all the time. Man. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Well, right. Until she hears this episode. <laughs> Thanks for throwing me under the bus. No, I'm not throwing her under the bus. She, she's seriously afraid that's how I'm going to go. So that's that's pretty great. Ah, all right. Well, 
what if we were to take the index further? I think we should. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. uh, the author mentioned a tool named Quilt. Have you ever heard of Quilt? No. Dude, no. I had to search all over the place to try yeah. and find anything that I thought was it. So, okay, at the time that I was reading the book, I wasn't. I was just reading it from my phone, and I wasn't in a place that I could do it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why is he capitalizing quilt? Is, right. Doesn't he? And plus, doesn't he mean quilting? Like, why is he saying this like as a proper noun? One, you know, not in verb tense. Like, I'm so confused. And with an exclamation mark on the end of it. Dude, yeah. I Googled all over the place for it. Couldn't find anything. But the one thing that did come up is a quilt command in Linux. And I think. It's totally it. You think so? Yeah. If you look at it, it's a tool for managing large sets of patches. You can keep them in order. You can apply them, unapply them, refresh, a couple other things. Yeah. that That's the only reason why I put it in here is because it sounds very much in line with what this next section is, right? Um, This so, next section gets a little weird. Can we, before we get there, can we agree on that? Like, <clears throat> no, no, no. Mm, so, okay. so I, I don't think so. All right. Okay, let's talk about the next section because talking about how it's weird and all, I would have totally agreed with it before I saw what he was trying to do and where he was going with it. Well, this is this is kind of what Jay-Z was just referring to about like if you add things to the to the index using patch, but not all of it, and then you're in commit and stage, like you're kinda in way in a way uh, committing things that you haven't tested. And this is somewhat in that kind of vein of like, Hey, let's test all the things except even further. Yeah, this is, this is absolutely crazy. So, um, first let's say that they say that the primary difference between Git and quilt is Git only allows one patch to be constructed at a time. When I read that statement in this, I was like, what does that even mean? Right. And so they start going into the situation to where, um, let's say that you have four change sets, right? They call them A, B, C, and D. And I'm going to keep this real easy without getting all crazy and confusing and everything. But let's say that they wanted to test out change sets A and B together. And then they wanted to ch- test out A and C together and A and D together. So to do that with Git would be very difficult, right? Like You'd have to, they even go into basically an example of what you'd have to do. You'd essentially have to have multiple branches. You'd have to like get checkout some and, and sort of like maybe even stash commits and stuff and then start checking out and cherry picking commits over so that you can do A and B together and see if they work. And then, all right, all right, get rid of B now and then try and bring C in and see if A and C work together. Okay, now that's done. Now, you know, get reset and do some other stuff. Like, it's very involved. So, what they were saying you can do is you can use this tool called Stacked Git, which I'd never heard of. Um, Either of you? Nope. Okay. Nor had I. It's super cool. So, what it allows you to do is you basically can make commits as patches in a queue. So you can basically now, instead of having to check out branches and do resets and cherry picks and all this other kind of stuff, you can basically just 
interactively select the patch. Um, and it's more or less just doing pops and pushes onto cues to get your, your different patches together that you want to test together. So it's very easy to test out changes A and B together and then tossing away B and saying, all right, give me A and C together. And the, it's very elegant. Now what's crazy about it is if you're used to the get way of doing things where you have an index and you stage things and all that, this is totally foreign, right? This is, you have a bunch of patches and commits out there sort of, or, or, or patches out there that are sort of able to be in play, but not actually done until you're ready to do it in any kind of sort of order you want. So it's almost like this three dimensional way of thinking about your, your patches that you can apply in any order you want. Um, I couldn't think of a bunch of reasons I would ever use it. I don't know about you guys, but it's really interesting. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly how I felt. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I could understand why this is a good workflow, uh, but it's just not something I do nearly enough uh, to, to warrant learning a new tool and adding it into the, the tool belt. So it's cool, though. So my mind immediately, like as I was reading through this, like also, too, I was kind of thinking like, this might be more it, it go back to that email example where like patches are being emailed to you and you're like, okay, like Alan emailed me some patches that he, he doesn't know that Joe also emailed me and I need to make sure that hit their changes work with my changes as well. And so maybe I want to test, like I already know that I've already tested mine. Um, cause I had that luxury of testing mine on my own you know, time. But now I want to see like, does mine and Alan's work? Yes. Mine and Alan's works. Does mine and Jay-Z's work? Yes, they work. Okay. Do all three of them work? No. Okay. Is the problem Alan and Jay-Z's conflict? So maybe I just want to test theirs. So <clears throat> that's kind of the use case where I was thinking, and like, especially if you're in a situation where like, you know, you don't have access to the repo, uh, you know, kind of, kind of thing. Um, that, and that's why you would like email your patch in, right. Or at least about, you know, the way it used to be. The the thing though here is I was like, wow, this is super neat. And I'm not, I'm definitely not trying to take away from it. I was also in the back of my mind, like, wait a minute, you're telling me that I can't do that in any other way. I call shenanigans. And so I, here's the closest way that I was thinking of <clears throat> that would be like uh pretty, like just normal, get, get tool, use, you know, uh, uh, tool chain stuff, right? You're not installing anything extra, but it ignore the, the Git patch, you know, being emailed to you, for example. And instead, like if you had say three or four sets of changes that you wanted to test these, these combinations of, in my mind, I was like, you know, you could like have each change stash it. Then, then like stash change a, all right. And then that resets your index. Now bring in stash you know, or change B stash that as another stashed thing, then do the same for C and another for D. And then I could decide to, um, not pop it from the stash. Uh, what is, what is it? Not, um, plot apply or something. I had to go back There's and look at stash command. Pop takes it off, um, get stash apply, just uses it. Yeah, I think I think that's the one that But can you get to can you get the one that's like two or three levels up off the the bottom of the yeah, queue all the you're, top of the queue? All you're doing is like when you get stash <clears throat> uh let's see. 
get stash. Which one was it? Oh yeah. Yeah. When you get stash apply, you can pick the stash that you want. And if I recall, it's been a while since, since I tried this, like it gives it like uh, some weird numbers that you could do. So you could pick what number you wanted from that. And it doesn't have to be in order. So you could, you could say, get, get stash apply, you know, stash one and get stash apply stash two, or I'm sorry, three, let's say to, so that you skip number two. And then that way you could do that. And then you could just do like, okay, I'm fine with that. I have, I haven't popped them from the stash, which is your cue that you made the analogy of a moment ago. So I haven't stashed it, but you know what? Let me get reset it now and I will get stash apply one, get stash apply two, right? You know, in, in assuming that stashes were named one and two. Um, so, I mean, I think that's a way that you could get to that. Now, is it as elegant as this? Maybe, you know, um, I, I would say maybe not. Cause like this did have it, make it super easy to like get, uh, to, to delete that one single, you know, change set that you wanted to, to get rid of. So, so what you just mentioned is pretty clever. I mean, it's it's sort of a nice way to do it. The only thing that looks like may not work there is if you were to do a get stash apply, you have to tell it the index. Like if you're trying to grab something that was a few down or whatever. Yeah, that's the number. Says, it says that it can fail. So if you have conflicts, yes. the, get, the get stash apply will just be like, no, you can't do it, right? So you, you won't even be able, you won't have a chance to even try and mitigate it. You were already going to have that problem then. <clears throat> In in either of these scenarios, you would have that problem. Like even with this uh, the stacked uh, stacked Git, right? Like if your change conflicts with Joe's change, it's a, it's a conflict period that well, has to be resolved. But they may give you they may give you a way to resolve it. I think with the apply, you can't. Like it'll just fail. You have no option to try and resolve that conflict. I don't think that's. I think it. I think it goes into uh, uh, your normal conflict resolution what? thing. If I, if I remember it's, it's been a while since I've done a, 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 a stage pop or apply or stash. I'm sorry. A stat. I'm using like SVN terminology or, or no SVN. It was shelf. Sorry. But uh, it's been a long time since I've done a stash apply or pop that did result in a conflict. Cause normally when I do it, like I, I I'm just because of the, my, the habit of my workflow, like I'm typically doing it because it is a very, uh, like known set of things. Like, so I know I'm not going to run into a problem with it, but, um, so it's just been a while. And, and plus it's not like long term, So it's short, you know, I'm doing it for short term purposes. Uh, so, but if I remember right though, you do get into like your normal, like, Hey, there's a conflict here and you get to resolve it. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you, I haven't done it in a while. So, um, it looks like per the documentation, it wouldn't, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but you are right. That's on the pop though. Yeah, not, well, no, on the apply. Anything with dash dash index, it looks like, could be a problem. <clears throat> well, but, it says on specific to the to the pop documentation, it was, uh, however, this can fail when there when you have conflicts which are stored in the index where you can therefore no longer apply the changes as they were originally. So maybe I am wrong. Maybe it's been a while. Yeah, it, it makes it sound it like you can't. It makes it sound like it just dies. You know but We're going to find out. I'm gonna we can try. Some background. 
So while he's doing that in the background, that that's kind of it for this one. Um, you know, this is going through the index. Like we said, the get stack or the stack get thing is interesting. I can't think of a reason I would particularly use it, but if you're somebody that manages a repository for a team and you're taking in changes to put into, maybe that does make sense there. Um, yeah, we'll say, uh, I, so, you know, just based on kind of everything, including this chapter, which I thought was uh, interesting, uh, to, I absolutely rebase a lot more. Like yeah. so much that uh, I have gotten better with them. <laughs> there's like, there's all things like, okay, I need to figure out for real one final time how to change a word. Cause just like changing the word uh, pick to like a, you know, S or an F for a squash or whatever the other one is. Um, I'm so tired of like delete. Cause I do it in Vim, you know, so it's like hitting the, the button to insert or add, delete, 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 you know, however, there's several different ways to do it. But uh, now I just CWF done. Replace the whole word with F. It's wonderful. Look at that. I am completely wrong. It doesn't take you into the normal conflict resolution. It, it just, just says fails. <clears throat> the problem here is that because you haven't committed it. So it says your local changes would be overwritten by the merge. Please commit your changes or stash them before. Mm. Yep. And so that's why. Yeah. Huh. Learn something um, new every day. All right. So in this, uh, in this particular episode, we talked a lot about the index and some tools around it that are interesting. Um, and we will have links to all of this stuff in the show notes and the resources we like and all that. There'll be uh, just go to uh, ian.wikipedia.org slash 194. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So uh. with that, it is now time for my favorite portion of the show. This is the tip of the week. All right. So have y'all uh, heard of Stable Diffusion? No. Okay. Have you heard of Dolly? Like the thing that kids play with? No. Okay. So, third question. Have you been seeing those weird AI-generated images that people have been posting? Oh, all that yes. Dolly. Yes. Okay. okay. I thought you were saying, yeah. like, Dolly, like... D-A-L-L-E. I think that's how you pronounce it, Dolly. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I th- okay. Yes. Yeah, people are going crazy with it. It's like it's uh, It's been surprising to me. So, I keep seeing, like, these really weird and really cool images that have been generated with it. I, I mean, just, ama- you know, amazing. And then I also see a lot about communities saying, you know, talking about like whether what's this going to do to artists and what this is going to do to game industry and, you know, all that stuff, which, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see time will tell, but, um, it's something that, uh, it's, you know, I don't know enough about the actual algorithm or, you know, what it is, but it's basically kind of exploded. It's like this new, uh, at least uh, newly exploited area of like machine learning that's just like absolutely taken off in the last like month or two. It's, you know, some, something that's rising really fast and people are, you know, getting stuff out there and it's like a real hotbed of kind of just innovation right now. And you can set up, uh, get, get started just on your laptop with open source tools and Python and, and get going. And people put out blogs uh, telling you how to get stuff set up and install the packages and whatnot. But if you're on, and I'll, we'll have a link to that as part of my tip. So if you want to get started with this, you can do that. Uh, but if you're on an M1 Mac... Then someone has actually put together a little GUI interface for kind of entering your queries and generating images. And uh, you can install it via just a DMG file. So if you've got a recent version of Mac OS, uh, you can basically get a one-click installer to do this. And then some of the pictures, if you click through this link, uh, it's called uh, Diffusion B. The person, uh, like what they wrote here is photo of a xenomorph, like you know, alien from the movie Aliens, dragon, in Game of Thrones, Hybrid, high detail, photorealistic, trending on art station, ray traced. 
And, you know, the magic computer, a uh, little person in the box, uh, drew a xenomorph dragon from Game of Thrones uh, that looks really cool. So you can just use that to guide, you know, generate whatever kind of images you want. Uh, it's really interesting space and technology and stuff. And so, so it's just kind of something cool to play around with and be part of the, the zeitgeist for a minute. Hold on. So yeah. let's see. Joe Zach playing basketball with cats. Yep. Is <laughs> <laughs> gaming? Awesome. As a children's book illustration. I bet that would look really cool, actually. It probably would. It's not going to know who the heck I am, but it'd be interesting to see what it comes up with. Nailed it. No. Yeah, like, like Zach Morris and Joe Rogan like mixed together. No, the the I'm trying to find like where because so I think part like to add to why this project has like gotten in popular is has been mentioned on uh, some popular TV shows here in the past. You know, let's say four to six weeks, something like that, right? Um, and I'm trying to find like where you can actually like do your own custom searches. Cause everything I'm seeing is like, you'd have to sign up or install yeah. an app locally. That's the thing. I don't, I don't know of a single one that lets you do it without either some sort of beta program or a paywall. Like this is like still surprisingly new for how much attention it's getting. And I think it's actually pretty computationally expensive just to even generate a single image. Like it's not something you would do like, you know, a thousand of really quickly, not like something you'd exactly want to be paying for, for free to let people do this. How do I do this? I got to know now. All right. Well, <laughs> while they're looking at that, I'm going to give you my borrowed slash stolen tip of the week, which I got from, I think it's micro G. It looks like the first person who mentioned it. There is a tool that you can get on Mac and windows and it's called get tower and it's get dash tower.com. And apparently people just love the visual features of this for Git for navigating and doing things in your repository. So the, the only downside to it. And I mean, look, we don't get, we don't get any money for this or anything is for individuals. It looks like it's $69 a year Um, for professionals or small teams. It looks like it's $99 a year. Um, but I mean, there were several people that were talking about it in Slack and, and they all seem to like it. Another tool that was mentioned, and I'll put a link in there as well is get Kraken. That's, that's one that other people were mentioning. I think somebody, one of, one of the folks said that they were started getting some spam, which is unfortunate. Um, but if you were somebody that likes, um, GUI tools for this kind of stuff, those are two options out there. Uh, can I throw in mine as as well with that? Is that possible? Sure. There's sure. also the Git command line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Nicely done. You're welcome. Uh, uh, I will say we're we're I don't maybe I'm not the only one that was like a little surpri- uh, disappointed here because <clears throat> when you said Git Tower, I I my brain immediately went to a tower defense game <laughs> that had something to do with Git, and I'm like. Oh my, that's going to be amazing. That's a thing. Like, what do I do? Do I have to like solve some Git problem in order to like, you know, beat the next wave or whatever, or like, you know, to upgrade my tower or something? Tell me that wouldn't have been like a better version. I'm sure, I'm sure there's something out there that somebody has done like this. I mean, I'm telling you, like, it's what this is, this is, you know, end of September timeframe. So, you know, we'll be talking about the next 
uh, coding blocks, game jam here pretty soon. Game jam, 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 January pretty soon, you know? And so, uh, you know, there, there, there's your game idea right there. A uh, get saying. tower defense. Yes. Yeah, get tower. That'd be pretty you, cool, yeah. You got to shoot down all the git commands. That will take a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the truth. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have to be so negative. It'd be good. Yes, yeah. All right, whatever. Um, what did the fish say when it swam into a wall? Mm. Um. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't say it. Don't say it. I think it's going to take, give me like 10, 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Yep. Huh. No. Okay. okay. I didn't see you there. N- damn. <laughs> Was that really it? <laughs> it's a damn. <laughs> oh, I get it now. Oh, man. Uh, hey, wait, I got That's one. I got one for you. This is, this is like, uh, this one's good. Man who run in front of car get tired. Oh, man who run beca- behind car get exhausted. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's really good, right? <laughs> I like how you say it in like these ph- philosophical kind of ways. You know, yeah. This is this is definitely a Confucius say type thing, right? That's how you have to do that one. Uh. Well, I mean, while I'm on my watery jokes, did you hear about the submarine industry? It's sinking. It really took a dive. There we go. That was close. Who didn't? (laughs) Right. Um, Okay. So uh, for my tip of the week, I've I've definitely talked about this as a past tip uh, generically, but my reason 532 to love the GitHub uh, CLI, the GitHub CLI, not Git CLI. Because, I mean, obviously, you're already using the Git CLI. Don't get crazy. Oh, I mean, you know, you're using Git Tower or Kraken or whatever. But um, for those of us that do like the CLI, the GitHub CLI can easily automate your tasks for, like, creating PRs and things like that. And I think, like, I previously talked about this in regards to creating a PR. Like, if you do a create GitHub I'm sorry, GHPR create, then, you know, part of the beauty of that too is it'll also ask you like, hey, uh, do you want to push this up, you know, to the remote? So it'll take care of that for you. So there's like one less thing to do. But I, I recently was like, I wonder what the options are on create because I wanted to create a draft PR, which you can do with GitHub. And so I was like, I wonder like what all the options are. And sure enough, there is a dash dash draft option that you could uh, apply. So you could do a GHPR create dash dash draft and it'll push it up for you as a draft PR. So, you that's know, pretty cool. Just yeah, one more reason nice. to like the GitHub command line. Yeah. It's, it's better than it ought to be. It's crazy. And I'm always impressed be? with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I just being like, I, you know, I'm so used to CLI tools, you know, being uh, full of documentation, reading and scripting and forgetting about it and being painful. But the GitHub, uh, I could not touch it for like two years and be like, let me see if I can. Oh, yeah, that worked. I just created an issue, you know, or, or whatever it is. It's just great. It's really consistent. It's a nice API. Yep, I'm a big fan. So um, we'll have a link to that, specifically to the PR create uh, link in there since I've already talked generically about the GitHub command line before. 
But other than that, if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to us. You can find us on iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, like all the major platforms. And, um, you know, so like Joe said, he was doing so good there for a while. You know, definitely leave us a review. You can find some helpful links at www.codingblocks.net slash review. Hey, and while you're up there at www.cuttingblocks.net, make sure you check out our show notes, examples, discussions, and more, and send your feedback, questions, and rant to cuttingblocks.net slash slack. Okay, and hey, um, while you're there doing that thing, uh, you should make sure to follow us on Twitter at CodingBlocks, or you can go to CodingBlocks.net, where you can find all our social links and uh, stable diffusion uh, renderings at the top of the page. <laughs>